time to ham up. Oh my god, I really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. After the credits. A Yum Chunks podcast. Yum Chunks! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of After the Credits. I'm Sean, your host, and with me is the whole crew. We got Vince. Hey, everybody. And Chris. Hello. And Ryan. Yay. And Matt. Matt Chewy, here I am. There you go. You're here. Um, so thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening in. Um, we actually have a kind of different episode for you um, now, a little special episode. We're not going to be talking about a movie or a TV show. Um, you may have noticed that we haven't, uh, posted any episodes in a couple weeks, actually. It's probably been close to maybe two months even. Um, yeah, it's been over a month. I think it was mid, mid February. When we... Well, it was the post, it was a 2018 recap. Oh, was it was mid January when we did the chunkies. It was yeah. like the second or third week of January. So good. Yeah. Almost two months, at least six weeks. Um, but that, um, is due to a very, um, good reason. And we're going to get into that, um, in this episode, uh, like I said, it's a special episode. We're not going to be talking about any movies or anything because we, one of us, um, something really kind of close to home, um, uh, happened to our friend Matt. And um, we wanted to take this opportunity um, to basically allow Matt to kind of describe, tell the story, and and kind of let all the listeners know what his experiences were. So, um, yeah, Matt, I mean, well, <laughs> it's obviously a kind of, uh, tricky subject, I suppose, but I think, uh, it's, I, I think it's really cool just that you're willing to and, um, open to talk about it. Well, uh, talking on this podcast is like a really fun and really soothing pastime. Like, it's just, it's just fun to kind of, you know, uh, just kind of have the time to talk to you guys just run. It's why we do this in the first place. So. It's a, it's, it, this is a good thing for me to do right now. So, um, but anyway, um, so if you listen to our Chunkies episode, um, I made a very, very, uh, <laughs> o- ominous comment. Um, <laughs> Sean, ro- roll the, roll the clip here. All right. Play the clip. All right. Okay. Uh, Sean. Yeah. I despise you. <laughs> Well, for, right, bringing wish, for, for bringing sentence. Wish Kid into my life. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Wait, for bringing my what? hate knows no bounds for bringing Wish Kid into my <laughs> Did life. Did you actually start watching it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Again, to remind the listeners, for those who haven't listened to every episode recently, um, my wife and I have been watching through every piece of like Macaulay Culkin fiction that we could find. Um, and we watched, we watched the other night, we watched Getting Even with Dad. I don't know if any of you guys remember that movie. Ah, I no. do not. But anyway, Wish Kid, Saturday morning cartoon from the 90s starring Macaulay Culkin. And the cartoon is just bad animation and screaming the entire time. Um, and <laughs> and I just, great. and I, I hate it. Well, you're welcome. My gift to you. I, I will never forgive you for this. I mean, I've never had <laughs> cancer, but I can't imagine it's this bad. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> Apparently, when I said that, uh, surprise, I had brain cancer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy, oh, boy. So, um, uh, the thing is that I stick by it. Uh, Watching watching Wish Kid is still worse. If you take nothing from this episode, listeners, take that. Don't go go by the DVD of Macaulay Culkin's cartoon, Wish Kid. 
it'll give you brain cancer apparently <laughs> <laughs> apparently it's the same thing um no so uh, so anyway. well yeah that's the news then i guess uh you, you kind of hit it right on the head there um literally yeah no, no pun intended right yeah yeah you you to the shock of kind of everyone have brain cancer right um what the hell i know the world that's crazy man it's 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 wacky um yeah so that's that's what we're doing here i'm gonna tell my story and uh and just talk about what the last few weeks of my life have been like because you know it's not a few weeks that i was ever expecting to have to go through and it's you know there are more weeks and time ahead so it's kind of it's a little weird so i you know i think i've told i've told my bits of my story to a lot of people and uh um, we have a GoFundMe that has uh, updates that happen regularly. So a lot of the stories out there, but I think it would just be fun to kind of talk about it, you know, decompress. <clears throat> yeah. Well, we're all here and I, I, I'm glad we all made it, um, this episode because yeah. I think we're all like, we have been as much as possible. I think, you know, they're, um, kind of hearing your experience the last couple of weeks, but to all be here and kind of listen to you tell it yourself, I think for me anyway, is, um, I don't know, it's important. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So why don't you, why don't you start me off? Huh? Let's get, uh, yeah. So, I mean, this was not something you were aware of. Um, you, like you're saying, you were making jokes about it, um, until, uh, it just kind of hit one day and, and you were in class, you were at work teaching and yeah, just kind of describe what kind of happened well the thing is that actually and this is a, this is a lesson that everybody should take by the way if you have access to healthcare, you need to use it you need to get regular checkups and if there's anything weird going on you have to investigate it that's that's the thing that i wish i'd learned sooner i'm a very stubborn person it runs in my family it you know it's going to the doctor sucks but you need if anything's off you have to check it and and the reason i say that is because i actually had been having headaches so um and uh and it's like, you know, it would range from like this. I've never had one this bad, but all the way down to just like a regular sinus headache. So um, that's something that the doctor was like, hey, maybe we should check that out. And I I should have checked it out sooner than I, I than I did. So um, that's one thing. But um, but yeah, I was in class. Um, I had I had had a headache that evening. I woke me up in the middle of the evening, uh, at like at two thirty in the morning, and I never actually got back to sleep. Um but, and so I was having kind of not a great day and, um, I was kind of like, you know, with my tech class, my tech kids, they are working on projects and they're building things. And I was kind of like, Hey, you guys, like, I'm, you know, I'm having headaches today. So can you, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to supervise If You guys need anything. Let me know, but I'm going to be taking it easy today. Um, and I got through the class and then at the beginning of the next class, I was standing in front of the class and I was getting ready to start talking and I was um, you know, about to start giving directions for the day. And I like started throwing up <laughs> and I, and I, um, just didn't know what was going on. And one of my, my TA, one of my students, like ran over and grabbed the bucket and then like, like said, Hey, you go get the nurse, you go get the principal and actually, and just like immediately was on it. Um, and, and I, what happened is I had started having a seizure and I, from there, my, I started, and this is the weirdest thing. I, I started, I started having gaps in my memory and I, I don't, I've never had gaps in my memory. Like there are only little like second long clips in between, um, during this time from when I started having the seizures to when I, at some point in the hospital. <laughs> and, um, and that is, 
I don't know. Have you guys ever experienced like any kind of memory loss to that level? Or yes, uh, I mean after a, a lot of alcoholic beverages. Oh, okay, <laughs> but that's about the only time I can think of. Uh, but, yeah, that's kind of different. I fa- I've fainted before, but mm-hmm. even that I feel is different because I like you're uncon like you know you're unconscious and you wake up right. and you're like oh I know what I know what had happened right. I wasn't like missing memories. Yeah, there was a point uh, maybe six to eight years ago where I also had. I think I was dehydrated. I don't know what I what it was in the end, but yeah, I I was super bad headache and I was vomiting. I couldn't focus, and then they took me to the hospital. I remember they were asking me a bunch of questions like what my date of birth was and stuff like that, and I couldn't answer it. Yeah, they they were doing the same thing to me. They actually did that. They actually did that for like most of my hospital stay. But it's it's weird, right? Like the fact that you your brain can just turn off. I mean, it, it, I remember being frustrated more than anything because it's such basic knowledge and not being able right. to kind of access it. Right. Exactly. That's it's just a strange feeling that you don't have that there are just like like science biological things in your body that can just like that that turn the brain off. It's done. You're not you don't have that function anymore. I that that. That was the trippiest thing about that part of the experience for me, because I do remember pieces. Uh, apparently, like I, I said something really weird in the like when they were taking me away. I asked, I guess I asked somebody, one of the teachers, if I was in trouble. Like this is this is what I told. So like some kind of like primitive child part of my brain kicked in for one second, yeah. and then um, I remember. I remember them checking for my wallet in the ambulance and they found my insurance card. And apparently that changed which hospital I went to. So like, <laughs> apparently they rerouted. Re- yeah. I mean, you know, healthcare is kind of weird. So it, like, it, apparently that changed entirely where I went to and what doctor I had and weird. So yeah, if you're like in network, like, Oh yeah, exactly. So like, so wait, they were ahead. like, check to see if he has a card and they took my wallet. I don't remember if I pulled the wallet out or of my pocket or not. I don't, I can't remember. I, there's a part of my brain that thinks I did yeah. or that they helped me or they, I can't, I don't know. Um, but apparently that changed things. I, I, I don't remember a lot of the ride. I remember being one of, I remember one, uh, my wife may have showed up shortly after I got to the hospital and I remember asking, uh, can we have a Nintendo switch now? <laughs> Which you of everything that I remember asking if we can now have a Nintendo switch. And what do you have now? I uh, now I have a Nintendo switch and I'm going to talk about that <laughs> later. <laughs> um, uh, anyway. So, but anyway, that, that was the weirdest thing. I have like very specific random pieces of memories, but yeah. the fact that there was this whole, like that must have, from when I started seizing to when I was in the hospital normal-ish again, several hours. And I don't it, it, it feels like 10 minutes, I feel like, combined in just little bits and pieces, which is very strange. I think, I think you – I remember when I was visiting you one time or since I've seen you since then, you were describing even like in the classroom, in your mind, you remember saying something, but the kids – were saying that you were just making noises or something? I don't know. Is, I don't know that. I don't. Or maybe that was maybe one of your sisters or Maeve had mentioned that. To possibly, me yeah. Um, but even that too is where it's like your brain, or you think your brain is thinking it's doing something, and you're like, I'm telling everyone to calm down or whatever. Exactly. But in reality, you're like, I don't know, spazzing out, or I don't, you know what I mean? Like it, it and the the kind of weird dissonance between the two is so strange. It's weird too because the brain as an organ. Like we've learned so much about it, science and science community, but there's also, it's still like the most baffling, you know, organ, you know, it's crazy how much we know and we don't about it. And 
just the fact that like that kind of experience can happen it, yeah. it's very strange to me it's it's still really surreal yeah <clears throat> so uh that part of the experience again lots of lots of missing pieces but uh anyway yeah so i mean that's i mean obviously scary mm-hmm. and intense and i mean i can't imagine actually it's funny I, that's not funny but i <laughs> i kind of can't imagine the being a student in your classroom because <laughs> this is kind of a topic but sure. when i was in second grade one of i had a substitute teacher who had a stroke in our classroom oh. and, and like as kids but i remember the way you describe your kids i mean you, you, your students are high school students so it's yeah. a different age group but i remember that same kind of like that i don't know that kicked in where like we were second graders but one, a couple of us were like okay you guys go run and get the teachers and you guys go do this and you guys like just like i don't know there's some sort of instinct that kicks in you're like oh wait this is serious we have to like this it's, it's we're not gonna go play legos because the teacher's on the ground i had an incident happen maybe just like two or three weeks ago at costco where a guy actually had a seizure on the front in the front of our store and i mean he just went straight down on the back of his head and our floors are just solid concrete so it was not pretty and i just i remember i was like one of the first people that got to him so i was just like people were already kind of gathering around i was just yelling on to everybody in the building if there was a doctor and there was somebody already calling 911 but it was just like you kind of just react well what regardless I, I just think it's kind of amazing though that your students were able to like you know right react and function and get things taken care of and not panic and like all that stuff yeah well that's that's one of many reasons why i'm really proud of them right now which i'll get into kind of later on but um but yeah just the fact that the students have really stepped up and and uh handled things that they need to handle in such as extremes in every type of extreme situation that has come up both when i passed out and the fact that i haven't been around and they have things mm-hmm. to do so uh, but yeah, we'll talk a little bit about what happens next if you want. <laughs> so yeah, so so you were in the ambulance and a couple hours later, you're in the hospital. Yes. Um, so again, a lot of memory blanks, but I remember I I remember kind of just being on the, the hospital bed and I remember them doing things like putting IVs in and, and like, uh, you know, t- doing shot, like putting, you know, giving me shots and like kind of doing all this like science stuff. But I... I I was not really that aware of what was happening. And I remember I was aware of them kind of talking about it. And they're like, I remember hearing them say, Oh, he's got a tumor. We have to take, we have to take it out. And there's just like a very small part of my brain that's registering what's going on. Like mm-hmm. kind of just like, Oh, uh, they're going to, they're going to cut my head open. What? Like, what is, mm-hmm. what is it? Like, mm-hmm. and then at the same time, I also go in, Oh, okay. The headaches make sense. but it's but Mm. these thoughts are such like floaty cloudy like barely thought thoughts that my brain is is operating on this weird crazy just like a different like level of reality um Mm -hmm. and then eventually i i I kind of like i think once they put me in my room and i I kind of realized what was going on and and i I started to become more coherent at that point um, but yeah, so they found out, so they found a tumor and they were, so I don't know if it's a regular tumor or if it's a cancer, we got to cut it out. We got to look at it. Um, and so on Saturday, I, I think this happened on was it Thursday. I believe this, this is the first day that happened. They're like, okay, Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon, we're going to put, we're taking him in for surgery. So there was those few days are the, the, the times that I don't remember the most. Um, mm-hmm. and I, and it was like, I, when I was the most heavily, like, kind of like, really on the IV um and 
I, I I know during that time they put me in MRI machines and CAT scan machines, and I don't really remember that either, which is good because I get claustrophobia. And there was they had to do one more before the surgery and one more right after the surgery, and I do remember those. And that was no good because it was like shoving me like 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 a giant hot dog into a too small hot dog bun because I'm a big person. So like I. I I was I didn't cleanly slide in like on TV, <laughs> like they had to kind of like squish me in there. <laughs> they had to lube you up first. <laughs> yeah, they had to rub me in Crisco first before they did that. Um, no, but like it was it was like a it was they only had to scan my head, so they didn't actually have to shove me all the way in. But but it was like my shoulders scrunched up like a hot dog. Bag. Oh yeah. So yeah. they were like, okay, just smash him in there. So I and that was. A nightmare because it's like loud and flashy and i've got no room and it's like 20 minutes long and there's but there's no way to know how long how much time is passing so someone with anxiety and claustrophobia a little bit um like it, it the, the i was like mm, yeah okay i'm ready to get out of the willy wonka tube <laughs> um so um so uh uh i did unfortunately remember the one immediately before the surgery and then going into the surgery, I it was the weirdest thing because I was like, the doctor was like, the doctor's like, yeah, we need your legal, you need your signature so we can do the surgery. And I remember being really out of it. But I remember going, oh, oh, what are the risks? And he goes, well, you could get a stroke. And I went, well, what else can I do? And I signed the paper. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember, I do remember saying that. Apparently I asked more questions according to Maeve, but I don't remember which questions I asked. But I do remember going, Oh, what? Okay. All right. It's I, actually funny because one of the times I was visiting you, I was in, it was before the surgery on that Saturday morning. Yeah, I remember I think that. It was the first time. And you, I don't, I must, I don't think it was that necessarily paperwork, but mm-hmm. they did come in with paperwork that you had to sign. And you were just like, uh, what? And like, you're like barely capable of like writing, you know, legible. And it's just like, they're like, yeah, that's good. All right. <laughs> yeah. Things are weird. Um, but uh, so I remember that. And then I remember getting rolled into the operating room and I remember seeing big, crazy looking white robot arms and they were awesome. They looked like the coolest <laughs> thing I'd ever seen. Bright lights, giant, like white robot arms, like, like factory robot arms. Um, and I remember nothing else after that point. I don't remember them putting a mask on me or, or beginning the gas process. I remember absolutely zero from the, the surgery period until I woke up like at the end of the day in my bed. Mm. So again, memory lapses, weird, really weird. I'm very thankful I don't remember anything from the surgery because, oh, I remember one more thing the doctor said before I went through the surgery. They were at my, someone in my family, it might've been Maeve, it might've been someone else was asking them about the procedure and they're like, yep. We're going to cut his skin flap open, and then we're going to carve a piece of his skull, just like a little cookie. <laughs> That's, and then you... And, and, and they said, we're going to take a cookie skull cookie right out of his head. That is how he described what the surgery was going to be. And I Did they describe what type of cookie? <laughs> no. Well, I don't know. I would imagine like one of those butter cookies that comes in the tins that eventually yeah. people turn into sewing kits. I would imagine okay, like one of those cookies. Uh, but maybe sha- I'd like to think it's also shaped like a puzzle piece. I, jigsaw. I mean, I was thinking yeah. of like one of those like little Ritz sandwich cookies. Not Ritz, but like little mini Oreo Why would you sandwich cookies. a sandwich cookie of all cookies? I don't know. Because those are Pretty like thick. the perfectly small and round and like thick. But it's got layers. Like I, I, I don't know. Yeah, how many I, layers I don't know. Hey, ogres have layers. <laughs> Onions have layers. 
Um, well, whatever skull cookie it was, um, did you, so did it feel like you were just sleeping or was it not the same? It felt like I jumped into the future. It felt like time travel. (laughs) Yeah, no, that really was. It just felt like, it just felt like that time just deleted from reality for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so obviously you're out, obviously didn't feel anything or whatever. Um, But then you wake up that night and like, are there people around? Like, what did, what do you, what's your first reaction when you wake up? Like, okay, I guess Uh, it happened. uh, My first reaction was, I can think, I can understand things. (laughs) This is good. My my sister is feeding me macaroni in very small bits on this fork, but I can (laughs) register that I understand that there's a fork and this is macaroni and cheese. And I understand that that's my sister's voice and she's feeding me. And okay, I understand that that's Maeve, and I understand that that's this person, and my brain is working. I just don't seem to be able to do much more than that. So, oh, did so, you see things? Uh, very faintly. I could recognize that I was in a room, like I could recognize that I was now back in my hospital room and not somewhere else. Um, and uh, I, I was just like, all right, well, I'm still really just out of it, but I, my brain's working. I can think. That was my like one of my first very first things yeah. that I heard that I thought when I woke up like when I started my brain started turning back on so yeah. that was I mean with this kind of surgery you don't know so um, exactly. so that was that that was I was grateful that that was like my first thoughts so that that was good <clears throat> um the during like all of that your kind of sensory input and stuff are you like, do you feel, do you notice a difference than what you felt like before you went under? Do I notice a difference now or, or did I? No, no. When you, back then, like when you first woke up after the surgery, did you, did you notice any, did you feel differently than when, before the surgery, I guess? Or at that point, could you not even tell? It wasn't until days later or if you, well, part do you of, still feel a difference or not a difference? Part of it was, part of having, you know, surgery in your brain is that like, you know, there's like the opposite sides control each other. So yeah. it was on my, I think, on my right side of the head. So they're, when, a lot of times when they do that, they're worried about whether there's going to be a discrepancy between your left and your right sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently there was for a very little, little time. The thing is that yeah. the, the part they, they worked on is supposed to weaken the left side and I'm left-handed. So yeah. I think that, I don't know if that helped or not. I, I don't know, but, but after not that long, they started noting they didn't really notice the discrepancies between my different sides. It, it, it just restored very quickly. So I don't actually remember how much of a discrepancy there was because I was still really out of it at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's lucky too. So, you know, keep, yeah. keep knocking on wood that lucky things. But anyway, yeah, so there you go. <clears throat> um, I, I mean, obviously, I have very little knowledge of just kind of brain surgery and these kind of things in general. But did you learn by comparison? Like to me, when we found out Maeve had kind of messaged us that that night Mm -hmm. and it was late that night. So I didn't even find out till the next morning. Right. Um, But this idea that you you had a seizure and literally like within less than two days you're having brain surgery yeah. and as like my knowledge and my perception of what brain surgery is is like oh man it's this whole thing with planning and weeks of planning and like is this normal is that a normal thing how much do you know is it like well apparently you get what i'm kind of asking apparently for one thing my surgeon is one of the best ones around for one okay. thing and, and that has something to do with like i just i got really fortunate that i got a really reputable mm. surgeon I don't know if that affects what you're talking about. I, I, I honestly, because I've never had to consider the preparation yeah. that goes into brain surgery. I don't know. I, I yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I, I, you would think that it would be a 
we need more time to prepare for that than just two days. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I guess if nothing is, I was just kind of showing the advancements in medical yeah, science, exactly. I suppose. Yeah. But you think the brain surgery is one of, if not one of the most, if not the most, just like, I don't know, dangerous, but just, you know, crazy operations that you could perform on the human body, exactly, right? Exactly. Outside yeah. of like, you know, huge organ transplants or something like that. And the idea of that you could like, oh, yeah, just take him in tomorrow morning and we're going to roll him into, into the shop. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> they would know exactly what it was they were trying to do. Just put, yeah, put new tires. That's ready pretty to incredible in that plan. itself. Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. And yeah, that does kind of that does kind of surprise me. Um, but I'm, I mean, I'm grateful for it because, the, you know, sooner the better with these kind of things. So, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, um so yeah so so you had the surgery and that night you woke up and surgery went well um over the next couple of days as you're kind of recovering and you're getting some sort of um you know diagnosis back um can you go in a little bit as much detail as you want in terms of kind of those that next couple of days and and either the information you were learning and the recovery process. Okay. So yeah, there was, it was a kind of a long couple of days for one thing, like just for me, fully waking up from the surgery. Um, but also just waiting on information because they, mm-hmm. they cut it. They, they didn't get all of it. They got most of the tumor. So, mm-hmm. but the thing is because brain, it's the brain. They, there's only so much risk they can take before they start doing brain damage. So, yeah. so they got most of it. There's remnants of it left. So, the next step is to look at the tumor and figure out what kind of a tumor is. And Mm -hmm. if it's cancerous, then that means the rest of it has to come out. So, Mm -hmm. um, it it was a few days before we knew what, what, what we were dealing with. So that was kind of a long waiting game. The nice thing is that I was still kind of waking up and hazy through most of that. So like for most of it, I was kind of like, yeah, this is bad. Like this sucks. Like this is no good, but like, I wasn't fully hitting me like, the full impact of what was going on, you know, <laughs> like it was only yeah. on some level. So, um, so it was, a, it was a, I'm gonna try, I, I want to make sure I get the dates right on here. Um, so it was the seventh when I went in, uh, it was the ninth, it was a Saturday when they, um, when they, uh, uh did the surgery and got the, tu- the tumor sample out. And then the day that we found out was on Valentine's day. It was on for- the yeah. 14th. So it was most, oh, it was right. most of the week. It was f- five days later. Um, which, you know, sucks <laughs> in its own way. Um, cause, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, the circumstances, but, uh, so then they were like, yeah, this is, this is a, this is cancerous and it's a kind of an aggressive one. So, um, so then they're like, yeah, so what's left? We have to, now we got to deal with this. Now we have to get the rest of it doing cancer treatment. So yeah, not a good, not a great day, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> All, all things considered, actually, it wasn't as it wasn't as difficult to get one when I found out because I had several days to dwell on it. So I kind of I was kind of just like, look, this is let's prepare, let's make sure this is bad. All right, like let's assume this is bad. I also vaguely recall someone saying after the surgery, like, yeah, we don't know, but you know, because this doctor is so awesome, he just by looking at it, he's like, yeah, this is, this is, us. this does, oh, this looks yeah. aggressive. Yeah. He, he took a look at it Jeez. and he was like, yeah, I, I, we're going to, we're going to test it, but I, I can pretty much tell. So, um, oh, wow. yeah. So I kind of already, that lessened the blow. I kind of, I was expecting bad news. So, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess relief is not the right word, but like you were saying, sometimes the worst part is just kind of waiting in this, this period of unknownness. Yeah. So even though the diagnosis was, you know, awful, yeah. um, yeah. was there still some element of like, okay, at least I know what it is now. Yeah. You ever go on one of those drop rides at a theme park? The, the yeah. worst part is the worst part, like going up and then you yeah, the anticipation. sit there, yeah. you sit oh, there yeah. for several seconds before it drops. That that's the worst part, not the drop. The wor- the, mm-hmm. that's the worst part uh, yeah, yeah totally. that's true. so matt did you get to keep the tumor i asked them for it they didn't let me but <laughs> what, what the heck it's Here's, yours well, no it's not because well you maybe, grew it maybe I, I did thank you I, I spent a good i spent probably a good amount of time on it um yeah uh no i i asked if i could keep it i that's another bit now that i'm remembering from before the surgery i asked them i think that was one of the questions i asked in aside from what are the risks i think i then asked can i keep the tumor um <laughs> um but uh no but they did let me keep my hair um uh-huh. i uh i had a big lion's mane of hair and funny thing is i was actually gonna cut it down to more of like a don draper look like right before i, I was hospitalized <laughs> and uh because i just my hair had gotten so long i was tired of managing it and uh now i didn't now i don't have to because now i have this like buzz cut like mad max thing with this beard beard going on and this is like backwards question mark scar on my head which is pretty awesome looking that had metal in it up until a couple of days from the surgery but i went i went to get the staples removed and uh i thought it was going to be this whole thing i thought they were going to put me like on a stretcher and like use local anesthesia and like carefully dig them out it was literally i went into the regular you know you go see the doctors they put you just like in the regular doctor's office and you sit sideways on the weird bed that has the paper on it they just had me sit and the nurse and the the main doctor looked at it and went yeah okay it's time for these to come out and then I'll get the nurse. The nurse came in with a pair of pliers and just oh pulled them out one by one like you're using a stapler remover. Just You weren't at a hospital, were you? How did that feel? Um, <laughs> I was at actually a really modern doctor's office. It was one of the newer facilities. Um, how did that feel? Um, it actually didn't hurt as much as I thought it was going to. Um, I it, But it I would rather not have to go through that again but <laughs> would you no, recommend would, the experience i would well i recommend it you know what i would actually recommend it under less dire circumstances with less staples i had 54 okay. of them they had to take out oh so, i was just gonna ask how many it's 54 if staples. you had like four in your head because you like mm-hmm. hit your head or whatever and then you had to go get them removed i think you might actually enjoy it just because it's a nuisance it's like something different so yeah anyway what were we talking about immediately before <laughs> um uh, what about the, you said you couldn't keep the tumor or the, you know, oh, yeah. but what about, what did they do with your, the skull they cut off? Did they put the skull back in? I hope so. It feels, oh, I guess it feels like would, it. Right? Yeah, I would think so. I don't know. Well, well so <laughs> they cut a flap of skin, fold it out, take the no, bone out and then like just a little put, hole. You could put the touch your brain skin back over top of, on top of it, like a little lid. Yeah, yeah. and let out steam yeah yeah well i remember on x-files episode once Mulder says that the capacity of the human brain is limited by the oxygen it receives so you know just open that bad boy up you get open up the the sunroof exactly (laughs) get some air in there advances in medical science there you go no yeah Um, so they didn't let me keep the tumor but mm -hmm. my giant lion's mane of hair they put it in a bag and labeled it biohazard and gave it back to me so that's rude (laughs) (laughs) they didn't have to that you could tell they wrote that (laughs) they did that for fun they did it on purpose (laughs) jerks uh (laughs) all right so do they have an idea of 
what exactly instigated the the seat like obviously it sounds like it's just an extreme case of the headaches building up but was there something that triggered that specific you know episode or I ha- it was just I a gradual build up i haven't heard anything so i'd have to assume it was just yeah. a, a build up over time but yeah i haven't i don't i haven't heard any kind of speculation about that uh, um but are you, so now that it's been you know couple so it's been two weeks no two three weeks i guess it has been it has been as of tomorrow it has been um a month um and actually so it happened on the seventh that was mave and i's seven month since we are since our uh since we got married so tomorrow's our tomorrow's our eight actually as of this recording so um yeah so it's Um, almost a month so have you had uh any uh, like are do you still have get the headaches have you experienced any of those same oh symptoms? no actually i haven't i mean i have the thing is that i have a whole bunch of other symptoms because i'm recovering from surgery but okay but i actually no. the symptoms that i had before i have not experienced any kind of and i actually i, I actually i have always had i had sinus problems for a long time like i always mm-hmm. felt like i had sinus pressure and i haven't experienced that either so i'm wondering if that was actually the tumor and not sinus problems so oh, really? yeah wow. so i just not kind of realizing that so it's possible that there are other things going on that was that that was causing that. How could anybody know that that was a symptom? Yeah, you know, exactly. Because um, I've always had sinus problems, but they seemed particularly worse when I was having the headaches. So, yeah, that's kind of mm. weird. I, I, I'm, I really, honestly, just only thought about that right now. So wow. interesting. It, yeah, crazy stuff. Uh, um, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna. So you said there's obviously some recovery time just mentally, but physically, you know, you're having brain surgery and this shock on your whole system. Mm-hmm. What was that process like? And the, kind of walk through the physical recovery. Sure, I'll, I'll definitely, I definitely want to talk about that because um, the thing is that like, so like right now I'm kind of in like the eye of the storm because pretty soon I'll be doing, I'll be starting treatments, uh, right? Mm-hmm. But before this, so it's kind of like right now I'm kind of in the recovery mode, but for this first stage of this whole thing, the thing that's happening as far as recovery goes is just recovering from, from having surgery and then being bedridden for a week. And, and that, Mm -hmm. that is, that's actually what's caused the most damage to me right now. Like that's why I am in the recovery that I currently am is because I was bedridden for over a week before I ever stood up. And so, and it's crazy because the first time I tried to stand up, at all was like several days after I got admitted to the hospital and, and it was after the surgery. I think even, I don't think from the time I came in to after, until after the surgery that I ever try to stand up. Um, it was just a couple days after the surgery. The first time I tried, I, they put me in a walker. They had to, everybody had to lift me and I'm not a light guy. So that sucks for everybody, but um, they had to lift me out of the bed, get me up onto a walker, onto a walker, and then they would like, okay, try to step forward, try to step backwards. All right, see if you can sidestep three steps. And I like immediately started coughing. And uh, and part of the thing is the surgery is that like, not to get too graphic, but there's like tubes down my throat and stuff. So like yeah. that messes with your respiratory system and it like, it can cause a little bit of rawness inside of you. So like I coughed up a little bit of blood and and it was like, oh no, this, oh, and, 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 you start coughing because your lungs are waking back up. Everything's waking back up. Everything shuts down, and then everybody, everything has to wake back up. It, it, you know, so, um, so I took those five, six steps, started coughing, and then I like, got back, in, and and it took all of my energy. Like that, I was out for the rest of the day. Like that was all my body had enough 
energy it was all it was capable of doing at that moment in time so that's what that's starting point right like you you try to stand on your legs and all of a sudden you feel all of these muscles that you didn't realize that just to stand up there's like you you, be, you become hyper aware of everything that's going on in your body like um mm-hmm. Like, you don't know, I don't, I mean, I don't know, actually know, but say there's a dozen or whatever muscles that are around your knees and your thighs and whatever, just to be active standing. Now everything lights up like a computer screen. I can feel every single, everything that the body has to do to perform any action. I'm hyper aware of it. And the other thing I'm hyper aware of is how much energy I'm expending. It's like I have a video game readout, like a, (laughs) I have have a heads up display all of a sudden. That says, here's what's going on in your body. Here's how much energy it's going to take to accomplish this. Here's how much you just spent. Here's how much food you need to eat at your next meal so that you can recover those calories. Like, that's what it felt like. It was, I can't describe it better than that. It's crazy. Um, and, and that, and again, starting point, it's, well, nothing works. So it's kind of imagine, imagine this. It's, it's like you, you have a breaker box, right? With all these switches, like in Jurassic Park and every single one controls every single possible one thing that can happen in your body, right? Mm. Someone opened that breaker box and just like ran their arms over it and shut them all off, right? So, yeah. so now you have to every day turn a couple back on, right? And then mm-hmm. you turn a couple on and those turned on these muscles. So now it's easier the next day to turn on these other breakers that you couldn't turn on by yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what the, that's kind of what the process was um, for recovery. And it was, so I was in the first hospital for a total of a week. They had me in, um, like, uh, like, uh, intensive care, I think. And then they moved me to like a special ward for the last couple of days I was there for specifically for like brain patients. I think it was oncology or something like that. Uh, what was it? Neurology. Right. They moved me to the neurology ward. Um, but a lot of that, but it was, you know, as far as getting up and moving, like, it was everything, every single thing was a challenge. Everything was difficult. And it was always an ordeal to get up, like to go to the bathroom, like to just walk five feet away from the bed. Like, and it, yeah. it you know, every day it was a challenge. It was difficult. And it's just, man, this is, gosh, how can you just turn everything off in your body? <laughs> like, how can everything just shut off? It's crazy, you know? <clears throat> yeah. And so you're in that hospital, you said, for a week. And how, what were they originally saying how long they thought the recovery time in terms of like kind of physical recovery would be? Well, that's the thing is that it's impossible to know in a lot of ways exactly what someone's going to be after brain surgery. So it's, yeah. it's really, they kind of have to plan for the worst. But like I said, when I came out of it, my brain was still working fine. And it was mostly my body just having the damage, mm-hmm. the damage it caused, the like atrophy and everything just from being bedridden um, while the brain was waking up. So, um, they originally, so what happened was I, they have some people, a lot of people who have to go through this are older, right? So, um, this is really more common with older people, which is good. That that's good for me. Um, uh, because it's harder for older people to recover from this kind of a thing. Um, so when, if they have to, if you have to have brain surgery when you're in your sixties, it really, Mm -hmm. there's really a good chance that when you come out of that, you're not going to be the same. Right. So again, yeah. I'm thankful that when I came out of mine, my brain is, as far as I can tell, you guys will have to keep me accountable. As far as I can tell, my brain's still working the same. Uh, You've been speaking French this whole time. Oh too, no, yeah. I don't even know French. <laughs> um, so, uh, so that's the thing. So they had this like this facility uh, it was, uh, that was for physical therapy, and they're like, we send you know we send this to people to this if we think that 
like it's there's a really good chance that we can get him back up to 100 percent and like 100 percent 100 percent and like mm-hmm. in a relatively you know quick manner so they're like yeah. and this guy qualifies because he's young and he's got a lot of good things going for him right now so we're gonna send him here and their original estimate was uh three to five weeks so they sent me after i was in the original hospital for nine days um and so after that, they transferred me to um, to the uh, other hospital across town, which I want to talk about a little bit because um, aesthetically it's kind of strange. But um, but uh, but they transferred me to the other hospital across town, and um, and that was where they were hosting uh, their physical therapy center. So like they had in the city that I was in, that I live in, they had built a newer hospital, but they owned this older facility, so it's it's not the primary hospital anymore. So they kind of, but they still own the building. So they're kind of like using random floors as whatever special need thing they, they need. So it was just like, okay, the fifth floor, this is our physical therapy center for the time being, whatever. So, um, so they sent me there and that was the next, that was kind of the next stage of that, that the situation. Um, so three to five weeks was their original estimate. I ended up only being there for one week. So. Um, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So, and the thing that I did, I knocked it out. I rockied it. Um, but they, they were saying, yeah, first they were like, okay, well he's, he's making progress and he's, um, you know, he's, he's like, his breakers are turning on basically, they're, they're turning back on because like I said, it's kind of exponential. The more of them you, you turn on, the easier it gets to turn more of them on every day. Um, so they were like, okay, it's looking like a week and a half to two weeks. And then like a couple days before they kicked us out, it was like, yeah, you're going home. You're going home in two days. You're, you're because, uh, <laughs> yeah, even that quickly, they knew that you're just like, yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Well, fine, the PT, yeah. the PT, uh, the PT center was, is kind of a wild experience because like I said, the, the first hospital is this brand new hospital. This is on top of the hill and it looks like a hotel. When you walk in, there's like a Starbucks and all this. And then this mm-hmm. is the one that, that was built in the seventies. So it looks like a TV show hospital. Right. But oh, it yeah. was weird. Cause I, I had, they took me on a stretcher because I still wasn't in fully walking mode when I left the first hospital. And because it's because of the nature of the building, because it's like, it's not set up for the way that it was originally designed. Um, mm-hmm. they, they kind of like, yeah, this area is this now and this area is this there. So there's different elevators and some elevators, if like you press floor three on one elevator and you press floor three on another elevator, you'll end up on a physically different floor in the building. So like it, it was weird stuff like that. And the paramedic guys who had me on the stretcher got lost on the way in and like, I'm, and, and I'm on a, I'm on a stretcher. So this is like, I'm on some kind of weird haunted theme park ride. Because I've got no control over the situation. I'm strapped down on a table. You should make a roller coaster tycoon. Oh no. <laughs> you know, I haven't made a roller coaster tycoon ride in a while, but oh, that, oh no. Yes. But here's the thing, I literally ended up in a boiler room at one point. Because the si- the si- <laughs> the signage was so weird that the paramedics were like, What is this building? What is happening here? So, <laughs> so once we got to where we needed to go, everything was very nice. Like it, you know, it, they had made you know, an old building into a very welcoming facility. Um, but it, I just like, had bad vibes going away. In. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Why is everything scary? I, I have no control over the situation. I, if I got off this, this, this table, I wouldn't be able to walk anyway. Uh, it, it felt like, it felt a little like silent hill. I'll say. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, once, we, once I got in there, uh, well, for one thing, I barely went outside for a period of, 
almost three weeks and like w- once i got in there like I, I i wasn't able to leave the room for a while because like i got i came in on a weekend and the, the physical therapy people come in their weekdays and you get two days off every week so like they came in on saturday and because they hadn't started physical therapy on me i wasn't i couldn't go anywhere so is again i was just like well i'm in my room it's a smaller room than the last hospital but it's fine it's enough space um and i'm in here and none of the weird scary hospital stuff outside my room is here so i think i'm okay and i'm by a window and i can see the world great cool we're all right but it was a couple days before i could actually go out and they gave me a wheelchair and i could like explore and see the the rest of the, Uh, the level so it was a little strange going in there but um but yeah so they so basically they put you on the schedule for physical therapy and there's three components there's um there's regular physical therapy which is about like just again training your muscles to wake back up and then there's what's called occupational physical therapy which is about can you do day-to-day life tasks like can you um, can you brush your teeth? Can you put your shoes on by yourself? Can you get in and out of bed? Can you, you know, can you change your pants? Yeah. They literally like, okay, I need to see that you can put your pants on, <laughs> like stuff like that. You know, so it's just basic, like, are you able to function as a human being? Right. Yeah. And then they had, um, they had what's called speech. Th- what was the other one? Speech and the speech therapy. Um, yeah, I keep asking my wife. Speech and cognitive therapy. I keep asking. Is it a good time when you have to keep asking what speech, speech, speech therapy? Speech I, speech no, therapy? I couldn't remember what the other word was. It was, <laughs> okay. yeah. Um, but uh, no, it's, you guys, I just had brain surgery. You cut me some slack. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so basically, and le- <laughs> on that note, basically, they sit you at a table and they test to see if your brain's still working. <laughs> and, and they do that by um, like giving you logic puzzles. And it's the puzzles like that they give you in school where it's like, figure out like the order that this is going to happen in. Mary has to go to this place first, but she has to stop at the post office here. But the post mm-hmm. office is over on this side and you have to like use process of elimination to figure out like the order of things. Or you have, maybe you have to fill out a chart that says like, here's four characters and you have to figure out what their job and their house and their garden and their whatever oh, yeah. based on like a set of clues. So it's all, That's cool. they give you those, okay. um, I mean, what if you're just a stupid person, though? And can't well, that's the anyway. problem, because sometimes I'd be like, look, I'm going to level with you. I don't know if I could have figured this out before brain surgery. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but uh, I was like, no, give me the hard ones. Let me see. I got to figure this out. But the thing is that, like, what they're testing for is, like, again, it's like... Just the, the process the, more the process, than the solution. Well, yeah. the thing is that what she said is, like, the example what a weird example the the example that she gave me was she's like we don't know if the calculus part of your brain is working unless you try to do calculus so we have to test the parts of the brain right and i'm like lady i didn't know calculus before (laughs) there's no there's no calculus part of my brain (laughs) look uh that's interesting yeah Yeah, so i would have never thought of like that it's a good it's a good analogy but it's also a bad one because like it's calculus so (laughs) matt yeah yeah matt you should have said okay let's try this out and then try to do calculus and then pretend like you can't do it and like you guys took out the calculus out of my head <laughs> yeah can i hold them liable for that if i yeah exactly <laughs> or it could have been that we could have had a goodwill hunting moment and all of a sudden he was like a calculus genius oh, solving oh man oh. i got cheated out of my calculus right. <laughs> one way or another also you got cheated out of beating matt damon <laughs> oh, um so so yeah that's the thing um and and the thing is like you know, because I'm a super genius, 
<laughs> um, they they I graduated from from uh, from the brain doctor really fast. Um, no, this is actually a true story because the thing is that for one thing, I was not in the facility as long as I was supposed to, as they originally predicted. But they're supposed to give you an hour of each type of therapy every day, uh, which uh-huh. in itself is aggravating because like they don't give you the schedule. Like they make up the schedule like in the morning and like, mm. I'm like, Oh, what's today going to be? I don't know. And then sometimes your physical therapy blocks get broken up into smaller half an hour blocks that get separated. So like, it, it, so it, it, it's a, every day is a different, like, what am I going to be doing today? And when am I going to be doing it? The only thing that mm. like that was reliable was um, that I got three meals a day, which was pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> I, I will say I was surprised by how good, the hospital food was <laughs> i was not expecting that but i was also just like um like wow cool i like 7 a.m noon and five o'clock i'm real i'm definitely gonna have somebody deliver me food awesome <laughs> that's good i don't have to think about it i'm definitely going to be eating during that time and it also means i'm not going to be doing my therapy sessions i guarantee it, i'm going to be sitting on my butt and eating some awesome hospital food it was crazy was they the had they had food they had chicken adobo and it was good chicken oh, adobo. Really? There were nights they had like fettuccine alfredo with chicken, and they had like there was all the like it wasn't. There were definitely some meals that were like, yeah, this is a hospital meal, you know. But there was also yeah. like, oh, well, hey, compliments to the chef. You really, you really went above and beyond there, didn't you? So I was, when you hear your family, all right. When you hear, yeah. When you <laughs> hear, why are you here? Exactly. <laughs> um, so anyway, I kind of went on a, a little bit of a tangent, but. Uh, the point is they're, they're supposed to, you're supposed to get a total of an hour of the, each of the three every day. And after like a couple days, the, the brain doctor, she was just like, dude, your brain's fine. <laughs> We're done here. <laughs> and, and, and also I, you know, I talked to all the doctors a lot just cause I, you know, make light of a yeah. situation. I trying to just, you know, banter with everybody. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I, you know, I was telling everybody about like my switch that I got <laughs> and, and uh, I, I, one of the things about being in a physical therapy thing is that like there's a room there's like a dining room that has a big screen tv in it that you know everybody watches the news on in the morning and at lunchtime yeah but everybody in the hospital is like old so everybody goes to bed at like seven or eight so i would just like at eight o'clock roll over there in my wheelchair and set up my nintendo switch on this awesome like hd big screen tv (laughs) and usually at some point somebody my one of my friends or family would show up with second dinner for me because as good as the hospital food is, it's smaller in my normal portions. So usually somebody would show up. So I would just roll in there and um, and uh, set up my switch and eat whatever delicious food anybody brought me, um, which was amazing. I mean, I will talk more about it later, but everybody is like everybody I know has been so generous and giving. But, oh, my gosh, I ate like some of the best eating I've had. <laughs> last month chewy they're gonna have to cram you into the cats i know i'm gonna, it's gonna be, that's gonna be even more traumatic the next time because they ha- they do have to do it again um, um yeah um but uh anyway so i i would brag about that to all the nurses and all the physical therapy people and and the do- brain doctor she's like you're playing zelda right i'm like yeah and she's like you got to like you know figure out puzzles and stuff and i'm like yeah and she's like yeah how about you keep playing video games I'm like, okay. Yeah, really. Awesome. I got prescribed officially. I got officially prescribed by a doctor to play more Zelda. So, oh, man. Yeah. That's the best prescription. Yeah, take that, guys. Yeah. We're never going to get that. <laughs> so, uh, well, maybe if we're lucky. So, anyway, so, so she basically, after a few days, was just like, I can't see any problems in 
like, well, that's good. I mean, you didn't know me before, so I could be way dumber. But, <laughs> but I mean, if you think I'm good, then I'm good. So, um, but it's interesting. Just like that particular part of the therapy was interesting because it's like they're focusing on like, can you pay your bills? Can you can you keep track of the days of the yeah. week? And can you keep to a schedule? And can you do the as an adult all the adult things that you have to do that are logistic based and calendar based? That's what they're that's their main focus. Yeah. So uh, those are the kind of things that these are all these things these angles that I just never thought that uh, like if you're not in the situation that you did like you have to keep track of and that you have to doctors have mm-hmm. to monitor and figure out you know. <clears throat> That is really interesting. So you were there for um, another week at that hospital at the at the new yeah at the physical at the physical therapy center yeah. So you've been and then you're able to come home and you've been home now for three weeks. I've been home for two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. So how much would you say? Would you say you are in terms of you know post surgery from the surgery 100 percent recovered? What percentage or you know? Well, I. you know, one of the things they said that would happen after the surgery is that there would be like some swelling and dizzy- and dizziness, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of the thing that I'm kind of getting over. Because when I was in the hospital, I was taking it really easy and not walking a lot yeah. and doing a lot of sitting, um, so there wasn't a lot of physical motion. But now that I'm out and about in the world, um, you know, it's it's kind of you know it's something that I got to deal with. So, but physically, physically, I feel like I'm almost there again. Which is great yeah. because it's only been a month, but I feel mm-hmm. like every single day, remember the breakers? Every single yeah. day, it's, it's, it's exponential. So, um, and, and every day, and here's the thing, even with the dizziness, every day when I wake up in the morning, I feel better than I did the day before. Um, you know, mm-hmm. even some day, even with the rough days, still, you wake up and it, it feels like I can feel recovery. I can feel the healing, you know, so that's, yeah. that's good. I feel like, I feel like I'm as far as like restoring from the surgery. I don't feel like there's going to be that much more time before I'm like, you know, moving around. So like, like I, I yesterday I rearranged the monitors on my desk. You know, I would not have been able to do that the day I came home. You know, today I I assembled a a lamp. (laughs) You know, we we got a new lamp for our living room, and I assembled a lamp. So. Every day, I find that I'm able to do more things since I've come home in, in the last two weeks. So that's good. I'm happy about I'm happy about the progress that I made on that end. Well, like even less than less, it was le- uh, yeah less than two weeks ago. Just the day after you left the facility, um, uh, Ryan and my parents they throw an annual Oscar party, mm-hmm. and you surprised everyone and showed up, and I think everyone I know I was just shocked to see how much you seem to be completely autonomous if not completely then well more than i would think someone who just <laughs> had a brain surgery right. like you were walking around you were getting food you were you know sitting talking like you <laughs> you had a walker but you weren't even using it and you well, know, the for the most of the time you're there that at that point in the recovery i was at the point where like if there were enough things to hold on to i could get from one side of a, yeah. a house to another but if i'm like i gotta walk from the car to this place so mm-hmm. i gotta walk around then i was still you know on the walker but now at the i'm at the point yeah. where like I, we bring the walker if we like in the car if like I, I do get tired but like i'm basic like i saw you know vince came over today and we went 
we went out for tacos and Mm -hmm. and i and we didn't bring the walker with us because i'm like you know because it's like oh we can get to the restaurant i can get in and get out i i there's no it's not too far so i'm more and more every day i'm just like not bringing the walker with me um and that's great you know and i think pretty soon i'm not going to need it for very much longer so um that's uh that's so crazy yeah the oscar party the oscar party was good because um i I was maybe being a little stubborn, but I would had just been out of the hospital. I'm like, I, I got to do something normal because the last few mm-hmm. weeks of my life have not, there's been nothing normal about it. Right. And so mm-hmm. I'm like the Oscar party. I love going to that every year. It's so much fun. It's a, you know, yearly tradition for me. Um, even though I barely saw any of the Oscar movies this year, which we talked yeah. about in the last episode. Um, <laughs> but I just like, it was just a thing that I was familiar with. I knew I was going to see a bunch of people that I loved and I, I knew reliably that I was going to have a good time. And, I even I'm gonna brag. I made a dish for your party. <laughs> oh, that's right. I, yeah, I, the, probably the best dish that anyone did make. Oh, made, that's so. that's that's sweet of you to lie to me. Um, <laughs> it was delicious. Oh, thank you. Um, I know Chris didn't have any because it had crab in it. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I made crab mac and cheese, uh, and I may have helped me quite a bit. Uh, I gave her, she basically was my line chef. I gave her lots of instructions on what to do, but we, that was for the day after getting out of the hospital, going to the grocery store, having to give her instructions on what to buy. And like, and then like mm-hmm. kind of trying to cook a meal was, I was like, I was like, this is going to be really difficult, but I think I can manage it. And I, I want to push myself. So to see if I can do something normal and then go to a place and do an activity that's normal. You know, I knew that if I didn't bring anything, nobody was going to you know care, but like I was just like, no, you know what? The most normal thing I could do is do do this party as yeah. accurately as I normally do it. So, and that was really good for my mental health when I got out of the hospital. It was really just like, oh, I'm out. Yes, all right, let's get back to as much of regular life as I can. You know, mm-hmm. so that was fun. I'm glad that I got to do that. <clears throat> so the transition back to being as much as normal as possible at your home. I know I've read a little bit about setting up different things around the house to make it easier for you. Mm-hmm. Um, how much, what's that transition like? And when you think you are fully recovered, how much will that change that kind of everyday life for you? Well, if you want to talk about a little bit about kind of the accommodations, well, one thing I got a, a, a walker and again, that was like, I was walking my last days of physical therapy. I was walking around the facility with the walker, but it was kind of more of a safety net, like, because there were times during the physical therapy where I didn't know when I was going to get winded and need to sit. Mm-hmm. So they gave me this walker that folds into a seat. So like, if I, if I just kind of push it, you know, have something to support, but then mm-hmm. if I get tired, I could just sit for a second, recharge and then get yeah. back up. So, um, so wait, what was the question? <laughs> just like, well, because I know I read too, like just like the a shower seat. Oh, right. Yeah. So just other things around the house that you're having to adapt to and kind of change. And how much do you think that's going to actually like actual change your everyday life? Well, if at all, I mean, it, depending on how much you recover. It has now because yeah, we bought it. We bought a shower chair. Um, and because when I was, st- by the time I left, I was still having to sit down to take a shower. So we bought mm-hmm. that and we put a couple of like, like like a handrail in the bat on the side of the bathtub yeah. and like some of that nonstick stuff. So um, and then we got, we got a lot of pillows. <laughs> um, yeah. we've, I've never had so many pillows in my life, but that's just to kind of like you know just keep keep me comfortable. Um, and a couple other smaller things like we put like a hook on the door of the car to get it easy, you know, out of the, in and out of the car a little bit easier. Um, yeah. But I think, like I said. 
every day that goes by, I'm becoming more like physically autonomous. Like it, it's th- that yeah. I can walk around longer. I'm, I can stay on my feet longer. Um, you know, I don't get as dizzy. I don't my I don't feel my muscles. You know, every day, all those things get easier. So I think I don't know. I, I think in the very near future, um, I I probably won't need a lot of those things. Um, but I. That's what I'm hoping. That's 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 the thing. Yeah. But again, in in the future, when I start treatment, I don't know what that's going to look like. So it, it yeah, could very well be. It's it's good, it's, to, have it's it good to have it. It's great that it, I have it, and it's possible that I might need it again in the future. So, um, so like we're set now. So our our place is like that's good awesome. for yeah. So whatever I need, it's just like help me. You know, confident moving forward. Exactly. We awesome. we have the tools that we need to to mm-hmm. to continue. So, but as far again. Uh, we're in the eye of the storm recovering from the initial surgery and but that is going really well that aspect of the of this process is going really well <clears throat> that's awesome that's great so yep. yeah so the eye of the storm that implies there is more storm ahead right. so so what is next what i mean it, it the whole story up to now has been you know obviously shocking but also in some ways amazing how much you know you've done in so little time right um but that being said, there's still, you know, work ahead. Right. And what What is that and what are the next steps for you? Well, like I said, I've mentioned a lot of this in the GoFundMe uh, or, my, or my wife has. Um, but it's the treatments to get the rest of it out, which involves, mm-hmm. uh, you know, radiation and chemo. So, um, so that, you know, it's rough on some people. It's rough on a lot of people. So um, that and that's going to be a several week, several week thing. Um, and we have to kind of see, we don't know what that's going to look like yet. I'm sure it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a fight, but it's the goal right now is to get in as best shape as possible so that when I start, I'm in a great place. So if it does weaken me, I'm, I'm already really strong so that I can kind of fight through it. So, which again, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to push through it. So that is to get rid of what's left and hopefully, and then we see what, at the end of the process what it looks like and then everything is its own like step so you have to kind of yeah see what the next step looks like because you know we didn't know that this current step i'm in was going to be as successful as it was but now yeah. that we are we're like all right cool now it's time to move to the next step and then we see how that one goes and we, if, depending on how it goes you might move to another one so mm-hmm. the hope is that they that these treatments take care of what's left um <clears throat> so what's so you said it's chemo and radiation yeah this so, this particular cancer yeah. radiation is like the that's that's like the always the first step so um and what does that what is what does that mean by radiation treatment i i don't science wise i don't know enough about it so i mean i just mean like in terms of what you'll be doing what are what are you are you is it a medication you're taking or it's a it's a treatment it's like a process that they put you through so, but okay. I, again, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not an expert. I can't really speak on the process of how it works. So, um, so then, the, so there's radiation and then following the radiation is chemo. Yeah. And I think there's a little bit of overlap. So, and, and, uh, okay. yeah. So the one that I'm using is hopefully it's supposed to be one of the less, uh, harder ones. Like the side effects aren't as, as extreme. So, um, mm-hmm. so that's good. Um, and it's the one that's common for the type of cancer that I have. So it, it just okay. happens to be one another one of those little happy things like, oh, hey, the one that works the best yeah. is the one that's actually, you know. Okay. So that's what it, that's what it's looking like. Things could change, but that's what's looking like. So um, so uh, that's what's that's what the next immediate steps are as far as like dealing with the sickness. You know. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And that'll be and that's a, you, you, a couple weeks, you said. Um, 
Yeah, like a yeah, like, month, month and a half, something like that. It, it, okay. it, again, it, it kind of yeah, as it goes into the future, yeah. as it goes into the future, it, it, it's a lot of you know, yeah. things fluctuate and change. So, <clears throat> so that's what's next. So, what way? There you go. Uh, well, well, um, yeah. So I, 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 I mean, I said it. I think multiple times, but it's just it's hard to wrap your head around, and I, I can't even imagine it for people like your immediate family or not even yourself, really. Right. But just even from my perspective, or our perspective, it's just like something that's so hard to believe to even kind of fathom that, like, you know, Chewy. We all know Chewy is fine and just as active and everything and then within you know short amount of time like you're saying and having brain surgery and and now future treatments and stuff how do you how do you kind of like deal with that in terms of just kind of processing it and 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 i don't know how much you want to get into just like sure. emotionally or whatever but just like mentally and like kind of keep looking forward without kind of getting bogged down and just I mean that it sucks. Right. <laughs> I can't imagine well, it, sucks it sucks how much yeah. it sucks, it, but it sucks. It does. It, yeah, there's no way around that. But um, the thing is, like, well, for one thing, there are some, like I said, that some sciencey things that, and like my age, and some other things that, like, mm-hmm. just based on statistics that I'm, like, it's it, that work in my favor. So there are things yeah. scientifically that are that are good to hopeful, that are good to hope for. But also, um, I just can't like. I, I just can't get myself into like a, a mentality that like the defeatist mentality, like the thing yeah. that it helps me and that right now is to do as men- much normal stuff as possible and plan for the future. Like it, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, this is actually a good time for me to talk about a couple of things, but I, I mentioned my, how awesome my students are uh, <laughs> earlier, but really mm-hmm. like it wasn't just the way that they reacted to um, when I collapsed. It's what they have been doing since I left. Um, and one of the things that I was trying to uh, stress at the beginning of my tech two class at the, at the beginning of the term was I kind of re- I kind of reframed how I was going to teach this class this term. And I was going to say, OK, look, we're really going with the theme of, hey, students, this is your theater, your employees for me now. We just inherited this theater. We have to figure out how to run a theater. Like how are what mm-hmm. it, what are if you now are all of a sudden in charge of a, of a of a playhouse, what's everything that you need to do? You know, do you need to you know, go in and check to see if things, if there's utilities, what kind of equipment exists, does it work? You know, um, do we need to come up with a system of organization? Should we like leaders? Should somebody be in charge of lighting? You do, you, what is everything that you need to do to get that theater up into operation status so that you can start using it? Right. So that's, I kind of, I was like lucked out <laughs> because I yeah. started my term on that note and I, we spent like a week or two, like really figuring out like, okay, now, all right, cool. You guys decided you want to elect leaders. So let's elect leaders. You want, you decide you want to do this. Let's do this. And I kind of gave them a lot of control. So when I left, that's what I left them with. <laughs> and I'm so glad, mm-hmm. I'm so glad that I tried it out this term because as soon as they were gone, they, I, they told me the sub came in and the te- students were like, all right, we already know what we need to do. We have a show coming up this week. Somebody needs to design lights. Who's going to design lights? All right, we need to, this person needs to be contacted because they have a show next week. We need to find out when their rehearsals are. We need to find out who's going to work that show. And, and this, that's how they, that's how they took it on after I left. And that is amazing. Like that, that, mm-hmm. that for my, like, for my soul, you know, for my, my psyche has been incredible to see the kind of work. Um, and and on top of that, I've been able to. I got to visit them, which was great. That was so good. They were so ha- they were like I was so happy to see them. They were happy to see me. It was great. Um, but uh, I have 
I have started working uh, on some projects for my class that I had been wanting to do for a while. One of them is like a big class website. And uh, th- um, basically, I delegated a bunch of pages to the students as an assignment. I said, here, you, everybody get into partners. You all have a page on the website. You have to write the page on the website. And so they're creating all these web pages. Um, and then I am using it to kind of like go through my curriculum and like get all my assignments organized and have a place so that like if there's a substitute, they can go to the website and just like get the assignment. Or if a kid needs their assignment, they lost their homework, they can go out and print it out. If I have a student who's an overachiever, which I always do, and they want to learn something advanced and I haven't gotten to it in class, they'll be able to go to the class and and they'll um, mm-hmm. and they'll be able to study ahead if they want to. So I've been using this time to go back to your from to back to your original question about like how I'm doing mentally. I've been using this time to be as productive as possible now that I'm capable of like being sitting upright and being at a computer and like really thinking about, you know, work. So because I can't because I'm on leave. So I'm trying to do like I want to be I want to do as much as I can to help since I'm out. Mm -hmm. So and that has been fantastic for me. So it's and and the fact that it's an act of planning for the future. Right. Like because when I come back, it it's going to help me out. It's the thing I wanted to do anyway. It's going to help me keep my class really in order and it's going to make my life so much easier. So the act of like doing normal things and having a goal to build to, which right now is to get back to work as soon as possible. Right. Um, I, you know, Mm -hmm. I teach and then I work, I work theater productions at other theaters around San Diego. Um, So my goal, like once I can get back in the shape to where I can teach a class, uh, you know, I can guide projects at some point go back to working tech theater like you know when i can climb a ladder again like as soon as i can get to that point that's like that's what's kind of driving me right now so um because that is really what like (laughs) really what drives me like i I love both i love both of my jobs so much that um when i'm able to do that i'll be i think you know it's good and you know you don't know what's going to happen you don't know how things are going to go but that's that's kind of i i have to like i have to keep on going you know what i mean I mean that's yeah no definitely that's it's amazing honestly and I mean the the thing is true like you don't have to but you're doing you're doing so because it's just kind of who you are I mean it's like you you could wallow in despair but that's just not the kind of person that that you are and you've chosen this positive outlook and I mean it's it's inspiring everybody else around you like it's it's amazing to see honestly well I appreciate you saying that I, I really do but at the same time. I go crazy if I don't. <laughs> if I if I don't if I'm not working, I just get so bored. So um, so I have to. I've got to be productive. It's it's just you know it's uh, I get that from my dad actually. That's like mm-hmm. we have to. My dad's retired and he's still working three jobs. So um, so I got to keep working. I got to keep my mind my mind active. I got to do stuff that's going to help people and be productive. That way I feel like you know I'm contributing and I'm doing what you know. I feel fulfilled. You know what I mean? It's fulfilling. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm at. Um, did you guys, I, I had some things, you know, we're kind of past the hour mark. Actually, we talked a little bit longer than I thought we were going to, but um, I, I had some other things I want to talk about, but did you guys have any other like conference topics of conversation? Because we're kind of caught up timeline wise. Uh, no, I mean, I, I didn't have any other the questions per se, um, I don't know about anyone else. I well, actually, um, I forgot to sure, tell this story. But when I was in intensive care, they put they put uh, they put uh, these. these and I, this is a story that I recall telling everybody who who came to visit me in the hospital. By the way, everybody who's listening who came to visit me, thank you. Uh, the, everybody's awesome. Everything is awesome. But um, but I they put these like 
they put these like smashy things on my legs in the middle of the night to keep my like circulation going because I was in bed right now. Um, mm-hmm. And this is going to sound unrelated, but I've been listening. I said this on another podcast, but I've been listening to the audiobooks of Harry Potter. Um, yeah, I think I remember for that. the last few months. This is like my fourth or fifth time through the series. Um, and I was on Order of the Phoenix, which in itself I forgot to mention. I I was in I listened to it like on the way to and from work um, in my car, and I was right at the point where they went to Wizard Hospital. And <laughs> well, on my first night after the surgery, like Maeve was putting Harry Potter on on my phone to listen to while I was going to sleep, so I was listening to it. But it was just weird because the first time we put it on in the hospital, they were getting to Wizard Hospital when you know when Ron's dad gets attacked. So mm-hmm. so that was weird in itself. That's just a weird coincidence. Um, but at any rate, okay, so this is so weird and off topic, but I, I told all of you guys, so I might as well tell the podcast listeners. Um, and I had just recently listened, finished listening to Gob- Goblet of Fire because I'm ordered to the Phoenix. So at the end of Goblet of Fire, when Voldemort comes out of the cauldron, he, and then he, he talks to all his, he, tells, he, gives, he gives story time to his Death Eaters. There's always story time in all these Harry Potter books. Um, yeah. For more of me, of me ranting about that, listen to our Crimes of Grindelwald episode. But um, <laughs> but he gives story time, and he goes on this long, several many pages long tangent about where he's been since he's gone. And he says, when he's talking about when he's in the forest, when he's ripped from his body, he says something like, um, he said, actually, let me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google this real quick. <clears throat> I want to get the exact quote. <clears throat> okay. He says, I was ripped from my body less than spirit, less than the meanest ghost. That is how he describes himself as a, as a, as a bodiless vapor after he got defeated by Harry Potter. He was less than the meanest ghost. I don't know if you guys... I'm, I'm, I know all of you guys said the same thing. I hope everybody who's listening can recall if they remember the words the meanest ghost when they were reading Harry Potter. <laughs> I don't know why that completely deleted from my memory, even after four or so times going through the series, but that is the weirdest line in, in the entire series. <laughs> I was the less than the ghost. meanest ghost. Anyway, I bring that up because under my, like, all the, like, drugs and chemicals they had me hooked up to on the IV and my haze waking up from the surgery, I imagined the leg crusher compressor things as like they felt like muscular men fingers massaging my ankles um <laughs> muscular it felt like terry cruz like four terry cruises were like <laughs> like kind of like a little bit overly aggressively like massaging my legs while i was in bed for this for the whole time i was in the hospital and while i was still under like still waking up from the haze I, that i'm like the meanest ghosts <laughs> <laughs> Just repeating that. Yeah. yeah, and I mentioned it to every person who came to visit yeah. me in the hospital. Uh, Ryan, you probably, rem- you probably guys probably. Yeah, I remember, remember that. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I can't. I could not do this. I can't do this pos- this podcast without mentioning that one because it's weird, and also because I felt the need to tell everybody every time they visited me. So about about the meanest ghosts. I'm like, uh, hey, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for visiting me. I need to tell you about these ghosts. <laughs> And they're like, oh, okay, Chewie, we'll see you later. Well, his brain definitely doesn't work no more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so uh, that was the last story. I I wanted to slip that in earlier, but I'm glad that I got that out. I'm very satisfied now that I did. So anyway, do you guys have anything else? Because otherwise I've got something. Um, 
Uh, no, I mean, I was just going to then kind of maybe ask about, and you're probably going to bring it up sure. now yeah, anyway, yeah. I would imagine, but, um, kind of just what sort of support you've got over this whole ordeal and ongoing and, um, how that's helped you and Maeve, um, well, kind of deal with <laughs> That's it. exactly what I wanted to talk about. Um, so <laughs> oh. yeah, so I mentioned it earlier, but my wife is fantastic. Um, and she's been so supportive and helping me out and like keeping the logistics of all this because it's a lot of like doctor's appointments and dates and scheduling and that kind of stuff. And, uh, so my wife has really picked up a lot of, uh, a lot of that and really kind of, you know, I'm so grateful that she's taken charge. Um, and because there's so many random day-to-day things that, um, that you don't like that you don't have to normally think about, but then you're in the situation and you're like, Oh, this is going to be more difficult than I thought. So, um, so anyway, so my wife, as we mentioned on the GoFundMe, uh, if you've seen that, is she's an independent contractor, so she's actually taking work off to um, to take care of me, basically. Um, so uh, so she set up a GoFundMe uh, account, and uh, the goal was like really initially small, and it got met like in an hour, and so she kept raising it, and it kept getting met. So. Uh, I was just amazed that how supportive people were being like, I couldn't believe how the community like just was just like wanted to help us just wanted to give to us, you know, and, and I'm still, every time I think about it, I get overwhelmed. I can't, I honestly get overwhelmed every time I think about it. It's, it's crazy how supportive everybody's been, how that number shot up and, um, and really, and I wanted to talk about that. And, uh, because really how that helps us is, like I said, it helps so that Maeve can take the time off to help me out. But also just like there's, you know, with insurance, there's there's random things that it covers and random things that it doesn't. Like, you know, the wheelchair or the walker was covered, but like the ride from between hospitals was out of pocket. So that what this does, it helps Maeve take the time off and it helps us um, it helps us cover those just like random, you know, like co-pays and prescription refills and stuff like that. So um, so everybody who's has already donated to that. That's what you're, that's what you're helping with that. And it's, you know, because it's like, you're not going to be like, they're not going to be like, you have cancer. So this is exactly the dollar amount that it's going to cost you. You know, you know, like here's the bill for having cancer and that's what you're going to pay. It's just kind of like, you have to do the things that you have to do as it comes. So that's what everybody who has donated has, that is what they've been contributing to. And we are, we cannot say how thankful that we've been. Seriously. I cannot stress how thankful that we are. Um, so if, so that is still up. So I'm sure we'll be posting links to that in the description and when we post the episode. So that is something that if you want to help out and I'm not asking anybody to help out again, cause I, I am already overwhelmed by how much help we've already gotten. But if you are wa- wanting to, um, you can, you know, throw a couple, even if you throw like a couple bucks in there, but we've had enough people who just like threw in like $5, but they added up to a lot. So if you want to contribute, you can, if you don't, or if you're not in a, you know, place where, you know, I just, you know, money is money and people, you know, you know, can or can give what they want. If you just share the link, you know, um, anything that you could do that, that, that would help us out so much. So we would appreciate everything. Again, I'm not asking. Everybody's already been really generous. Um, and then, uh, also I, what I wanted to say is that, uh, uh, if you're local, uh, I don't know how many people would listen to this. Or local. Actually, maybe we'll see. Um, if you live in North County, San Diego area, um, the, the Chili's in Vista and Vista Village is very generous that they are, uh, they're doing a fundraiser on, uh, March 12th and 13th. 
I believe it's at seven o'clock. Let me double check that real quick. Oh, it's all. Oh, I'm sorry. It's actually it's all day. Um, I thought it was the what? What day is it? It's Mar- Tuesday, March twelfth. Wednesday, March thirteenth, thir- oh, yeah. which is next week. 11 a.m. to 10.30, which is their operating hours. So that's, yeah, and, um, you when you go there, um, if you tell them that you're for the fundraiser, um, or if you bring a flyer or show the flyer on your phone, which, again, I'll be posting links to, but, again, I'm pretty sure if you tell them for the fundraiser, uh, they'll donate 20% of, of your check. So that also will go into the GoFundMe, and that'll help mm-hmm. us out. Also, you get to eat at Chili's, and that was one of the things that somebody brought me when I was in the hospital. So um, I, had a, I had a craving for chicken crispers, so... Um, so if you, if you go there, if you're local Chili's 12th and 13th at any time of the day, bring proof of the flyer or tell them that you're here for Matt Chewy's, uh, fundraiser, 20% of the bill goes to that. So, um, again, you know, that's if you want to, uh, I'll probably be there both days for dinner. So, you know, maybe, maybe I'll run into you. It'd be great. So those are the things I want to talk about. Again, if you want to help, there you go. <clears throat> Cool. And yeah, um, we'll have the link to the GoFundMe for sure in the description. So depending on where you're listening to this, if you just look through the description, you'll be able to find the link right there. Um, make it easy for people. And I'll post the flyer too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Same thing. Great. Cool. So that's 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 where I'm at right now. Um, you know, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm and I'm, you know, I'm feeling all right. I'm doing I'm being productive and I'm getting into fighting shape. So I'm and I'm getting ready to fight, fight hard. So there you go. Well, um, yeah, uh, it's kind of an incredible thing, um, and I don't mean that in necessarily a good way in the term of no, just incredible, mind blowing, surprising. Like just yeah. the whole shock and everything of it. As someone who um, is kind of a member of our extended member of our family, to kind of have that happen is hard to take. But um, I know we're all. I mean. Like I said at the beginning, we're all here um, supporting you and kind of doing whatever we can. And um, I'm glad you were willing to talk about it. I think it's pretty awesome that you are doing so well. And so just like Vince was saying, it's inspiring how upbeat's not even the right word for it. Just like just so full of. I don't know. Energy. Yeah. I guess. Well, I got to That's what's going to help me. That's I think that's going to be my biggest ally here. So I got to keep it up. There you go. Yeah, man. Uh, Hanging out with you today, it was it was the same as any normal hangout. In fact, I think you ate tacos faster today than I've ever seen you eat tacos. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. We, we had some great street tacos today. Um, but also, I made you move boxes around my house. So I'm sorry about that. That's true. I, I got, only, I I only let, I let you watch me play Breath of the Wild for 20 minutes and then... Uh, and thanks for putting up with that. Thanks for nice driving down problem. to my house to, to do my <laughs> manual labor. I didn't plan that. I promise you, I didn't plan that. I didn't even buy his taco. I should have bought his tacos for doing that, but I didn't know. Oh, I, I didn't know what? I was going to make him do that afterward. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, yeah, it's this got a little long, so we we'll probably wrap this up. Um, I uh, I do want to say that uh, we normally, like we said earlier, we normally review movies and stuff like that. So we have. We're gonna have an episode really shortly after this on the Lego the Lego Movie Two, so if you want to check out our normal podcast or go back and check, check our older ones, you can kind of see what our normal deal is here. So, I mean, 
I can't guarantee. I can't attest to the quality. I've, yeah, they, they we're not guaranteeing any level of quality or anything, so don't expect them. If you're a person, you can just guarantee that usually the episodes are not about medical things. No, if you're a person that likes to listen to nerds talk up, overanalyze like nerdy movies, then this is right up your alley. You should check out the rest of our content. If not, maybe maybe not. I don't know. Up to you. Yeah. Yum chunks is defined as the distinct lack of quality. Oh, come now, that's not. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, um, but we are thankful for everyone who did tune in, even if you're not regular listeners. Thank you so much. Um, and thanks, Matt, for I said it before, but thanks again for just oh, like, yeah. sharing everything yeah. and walking us through this whole thing. I think for me, it just is. I don't know. It 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 makes me feel better hearing it from you. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know why, how that if that makes sense or not. But I know in my mind, it just kind of helps kind of come to terms with everything and just kind of deal with it. So I hope everyone out there who's listening kind of feels similarly and um, is willing to support and reach out um, and um, yeah, be behind you the whole, every step. Of well, the way. I definitely so. feel supported and uh, podcasting with you guys is one of my favorite pastimes. So this, all, all this does is help me. So I'm glad to, I'm glad to share the story. <clears throat> awesome. All right. Cool. Well, thanks again, everyone. Um, we appreciate you tuning in and uh, look forward to Lego Movie 2. And we'll probably talk about Captain Marvel. So you got to be in fighting shape for all these movies. Exactly. Coming out, right? I so am. I'm ready. Strong. All right. Cool. So that's that's that. Cool. All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a great night. Bye. 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 This has been After the Credits, a Young Chunks podcast. <laughs> <laughs>